0: Andy, nothing says happy birthday like you walking out the door in the morning and
1: you seeing a big pile of dog poop right by the front door. <laughs> See, uh, happy, mean, happy birthday. That's uh, that's quite the way to wake up and celebrate turning a year older.
0: It was quite a thoughtful gift by my dog. I know, yeah. I know he was holding it in for some time and and he just left that for me. So as I go out on my morning walk, Andy, but I, you know, I usually go out for my morning walk, and then I take him for a walk. Um, it is biting cold here. Yeah. And, um, but I just noticed oh. that, like, right by the front door was that pile of poop for me. He, well, he's that's... very thought, thoughtful. At least he put it by the door.
1: Yeah. He he, he places so you'd see it and be aware of it. So first, Dave, happy birthday to you! I'm sure that I'm joined by all that are listening. And wishing you nothing but a wonderful new year of life here. So, congratulations on living through another year that that's getting increasingly hard to do. So, hey, happy birthday, man! And we're we're happy for you. And may may you have a great, blessed year. I'm sure it'll be filled with tons of dog poop. So, you know that's part. Of, it's cold enough, Dave. I'll come back to my dog in a second. But like like that that poop hits the ground hard right now. I mean, when they, when they drop that, it's it's pretty cold out there.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's uh, you know you walk on the ground and you get that crunchy feeling and uh, wow. it it is it is biting cold. I had to have my layers on for sure, and I still felt cold. Um, do you do you normally walk
1: the dog topless? Is that?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay, I, mean, right. I mean, You saw the guys in Buffalo this weekend, right? Buffalo and Kansas City. They like. Bills mafia, three... man.
1: They're insane. They're insane. I,
0: I, I tell you what, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I'm ready for that, but yeah, topless for
1: sure. I mean, is there <laughs> any other way, Andy? So, <laughs> My my dog likes to go, I've got two dogs and and one of them does not like the cold, the other one, like she sees it and then she, she, she dives headfirst into it and just rolls around completely joy filled over and over again throughout the day. Like it's like, it's like every time she finds snow, it's like, it's like discovering gold and she just bathes herself in it. And then looks at me like, Hey, what, what's up? Why aren't you doing this? You know? And so it's, uh, it's interesting how different people and different creatures react these cold weather—I'm not a fan. It's extremely cold here. I had to shovel yesterday. I was complaining about that, even though it was a very light, easy lift. God bless the the folks in Buffalo and Michigan and other parts of the country that you know, deal with this stuff on a regular basis. I, I I'm grateful for Virginia's milder winters.
0: Yeah, I I um I'm I'm torn. Obviously, I spent the time in Florida. Did not I I enjoyed the weather there, but I'm not like I like the seasons, right? I, I so it was it was great that we got to move to Charlotte. Uh, where we got the seasons but we don't quite get any snow we the year we moved up here we got some snow like one of the first weekends we we're here my daughter had never seen snow before so she yeah. got to build snow and a snowman and and do some snow angel stuff so that was fun for her but um since then I, last year charlotte, charlotte didn't have any measurable snow and uh this year's not looking so good either so but Quite cold.
1: So See, seasons are overrated. I'm I'm fine without experiencing winter ever again. My youngest son is in Florida, and he, he reminds us daily of how much better the temperature is down there than it is up here. So, and he's right. He's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is quite enjoyable down there for sure. So, Andy, a lot to get into today. Um, a lot of follow ups from um, Monday when we left the podcast. Monday, yeah, we still had two playoff games, and we had the Iowa caucuses. Uh, where do you want to start, Andy? Where do you want to go to Iowa first? You want to go finish off with football? How do you want to go, Andy? I don't think
1: I can stomach Iowa first thing in the morning. Then okay. I think it's the great state of Iowa. I know he's but, but just the idea of politics is just like, I, I we'll talk about it. I don't even want to talk about it. So I'm happy to talk about the NFL and the debacle of, of the Eagles game. I mean, the tragedy, right? I mean, Steelers, I mean, they everybody knew Steelers were going to lose, but man, Philly, come on. So, but I know. What, yeah. do, what are your thoughts? How do you want to? How do you want to, How do you want to hit this today? It's
0: it, it, it was it was double whammy for Pennsylvania. There, they had you know um, the Steelers. Though I, I think everybody knew what the Steelers were. They don't really have a quarterback. Look, I, I think this playoffs was the first round of playoffs kind of sucked. I mean, I think it's because we have all of these uh, bad quarterbacks, and I find it just fascinating that you know we have thirty-two professional teams, so you're carrying sixty-four quarterbacks. And then you have, you know, maybe a third quarterback in the, in the wing somewhere just on reserve, but we don't have a hundred good quarterbacks in this country that can play professional football. I I mean, we have 300 college teams of varying levels. It it just is fascinating to me. And, And, you know, Mason Rudolph playing over your number one draft pick, Kenny Pickett was healthy for all intents and purposes, but they went with Mason Rudolph uh, who didn't play football last year. And now, he granted, he, he was good for games this year, but that was because their quarterback play was so bad, everything else. So, like, uh, I didn't like the Kenny Pickett pick where they picked him. That, that, was, that, was, that was a lot. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Kenny Pickett pick where they picked him. But he was their quarterback, and now they're not. Um, and so that was pretty much to be expected. The Eagles, though, this is a, a – this needs to be dissected and studied. They were ten and one, Andy. They were the best team in all of football. Yeah. And now, granted, some of those games were everyone was wondering how they're doing it, but they were still ten and one. You still have to win ten games, and then it just all fall, fell apart. And of course, you pointed out Matt Patricia being the the defensive of the coordinator. That's never going to work out in your favor. Right. But like they couldn't even move the ball offensively either so i mean challenging for the eagles but the nfc east wound up being not very good this year
1: yeah i mean from a strong start for the cowboys and the, the eagles to to drop out and have nobody left in the playoffs very interesting you know and definitely you know, sorry for the great state of pennsylvania wonderful state both pittsburgh and philly being you know, great cities. I've only been to Pittsburgh once, but I enjoyed it thoroughly. Just recently this year, I think, and Philly lived there for a year. Love, love that city. Love the people. Love, love the team. Even though they're, you know, not, 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 the Lions. But yeah, tough loss here. But you know, on, on the quarterback play, I, th- I think a lot of that depends on on where you're looking from. Dave, I understand as a as a heartbroken Cowboys fan, I can see your your, your perspective. But at the same time, you've got you've got CJ Stroud playing phenomenal football. You've got Jordan Love like, I mean, just in the last half of the season, really developing into a legitimate and, and very dangerous threat. And, you know, there, there's this guy in Detroit that's playing pretty top-tier football as well, Jared Goff. I, I don't know if I feel the same way about the quarterback play or the first round of the playoffs. I was pretty happy with the Detroit Lions win over the Rams, and I'm feeling pretty good going through divisional weekend here, maybe the best weekend of football, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on your vantage point. But, but I, I, I hear you. I feel your pain. I don't care for it, but I, but I hear you. I hear you.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's just the, the, Lions game was the best game of the weekend. Uh And, and, and when you go back and look at it, you brought up a really good point on Monday about Sean McVay, about not really going forward and pushing himself. Like, I think he did cost his team there. The in game decisioning was, was really tough. Um But the Lions are really strongly positioned here. They, they play, I think, an underrated tampa team like they that team plays good defense and they uh are playing a lot better on offense the question is can they do to baker mayfield who is already hurt what they did to uh uh uh, matt stafford and if they can do that i think it's they're gonna win but
1: man that's a that's a not to be overlooked team for sure so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're I don't think they're as strong as the Rams. I think they, I think they played, they looked better than they are against the Eagles. Because the Eagles are just really struggling right now. Um, you know, Baker is similar to Matt Stafford. They're both really tough, going to get it done guys. They're going to do their best to get it done. They're both prone to to big failures too. They can both cough up the ball. Baker had a good night against Philly. You know, I think, I think really in that game, maybe we'll talk about this more on Friday and some predictions or whatnot, but I think for the, for the Lions game, it's going to be, you know, can the Lions' O-line protect Jared Goff? Can the Lions' D-line get after Baker Mayfield? And if, if those if those two lines are successful, the Lions win the game. And if the if the Buccaneers surprise, I would say, and and win the battle in the trenches, then then the Bucks have a fighting chance. So it's good. The Lions should win that game. They beat them earlier in the year um, with some you know bang-ups or running back. I don't I don't I don't think the Bucks are really much better than they were. I think the Lions are. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, it was, it was a good good division around. You know the. Congratulations to the Bills, right, from being almost not in the playoffs, not unlike the Texans, to uh, now being, I think, the third favorite and, you know, by Vegas odds to, to win the Super Bowl. They're playing good football at the right time, but you know Kansas City is going to come into town and beat them. So it's going to be kind of funny to watch that happen yet again. <laughs> yeah, I know. All, all the
0: Buffalo fans are like, finally, we get Kansas City on our own turf and we can do all this. Great and wonderful things to them. Bring on Taylor is the chance, you know, and, and all the signs and such. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be cold there, but, again, I don't think that gives Buffalo any more of an advantage over Kansas City than anything else. Uh, so that that's going to be really interesting. I will be very interested to see how the number one seeds come out and play. You know, that, that week off, um, and not to mention both of them effectively took a bye on the last week of the regular season. So it's been two weeks. Some of these um, players, I'm going to it's always interesting to see how they come out and are they going to be as crisp and as a sharp and and are they going to be ready to play Lamar for all that he's done in the regular season? And he's been he will be the MVP, but um he does have that playoff lack of success kind of hanging over him. <clears throat> I do think this is a different Ravens team. They're built differently, but you still have that. And then you go to San Francisco and they're playing a Green Bay team that is as hot as anybody else. I mean, you say people talk about Buffalo, but but uh, Jordan Love, I think he's got like 22 touchdowns and, you know, less than five interceptions over the last six or seven weeks. Uh, He's playing great football and they're they're really hot right now. And look, they they play without any reservation like what do they have to lose they're the youngest team in football and they're going against the prohibited favorites in in the Niners so that maybe that's a trap game for the Niners I I don't know we'll
1: see yeah it should be exciting I I think I think the Packers could win that game I think they have a a fighting chance, and I think the Texans could win their game I think the one seeds will pull it out in both cases but I think I think we're in for a good weekend of football here and it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch so maybe maybe we'll go back and do some predictions here on Friday Dave and see what uh what we're going to call
0: yeah, no, I think that sounds like a good idea. Well, Andy, one thing I want to touch on here, and this is kind of uh, maybe it's overreactions to to the games and such. Look, Jordan Love's been a really good quarterback, and the, he's definitely shown the value in you know the the Packers selecting him when they did, and then you know just like they did with Rodgers, he sat for three years and then he came in and did. It. But can we not proclaim him like the next hall a uh, hall of famer already? <laughs> like, like everyone's already saying, what's it? What? What have the Packers done? They had Brett Favre, they had uh, Aaron Rodgers, and now they've got Jordan Love. This is a like everybody's willing to put like said, all right, he's he's already going to have the next fifteen years uh, of Pro Bowls and MVPs and and so on. Can can we just put the brakes on that just for a minute and say that this is his rookie year? I mean, next year. Hey, the, you know, a lot, we've had a lot of great people who have been rookies, but, you know, Dak Pres- Prescott had a great rookie year. And, you know, five years later, I'm wondering, yeah, like it's been a great rookie year, but it has, it's been ups and downs, but he's not going in the Hall of Fame. Can we just stop with Jordan Love right now? I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think mean, there's a lot of excitement about I mean, I mean, it is phenomenal to see them, you know, get, have this young man who, I mean, you're saying you're rookie year in the sense he's playing <laughs> over the first year, but he's, he's been there, right? And, and so, I mean, Green Bay has seemingly done a really good job of finding this this young talent, you know, nurturing these guys on the bench for a little bit. And, and to see him come in and play, it's just sort of, I mean, if, even as a lion's fan, I'm, I'm like, wow, this guy's you know, playing great football. And to see them do it again, right? To go from Favre to Rodgers, potentially to another, you know, dominating uh, quarterback, you're right. I mean, it's still early on. Who knows where his career is going to go? But it's, it's exciting for Packers fans and the NFL to see another talent there in Green Bay. And I think part of it, too, is, you know, like Aaron Rodgers is, is a tool. You know, Brett Favre turned out to not be such a great guy. I think, you know, Jordan Love's actually really likable, too. So I think people are just excited about him. And, again, seeing this very young team, even Matt Lafleur, who I, I gave a lot of crap to Matt LeFleur, um because he's just riding Aaron Rodgers. But I think he's really proven he's he's also a young you know, successful coach and i gotta give him credit he, he's doing a really good job with a really young team and, and maybe you just need to sort of get aaron Rodgers away from green bay to really show who he is and he's doing he's doing a really heck of a job so i mean look the, the nfc north one the old nfc central has three teams in the nfc uh division around by the way like the bucks used to be part of the central back in the day <laughs> pretty cool right but but the nfc north is is shaping up to be a very strong division next year with the lions The the Packers. I think the Bears are positioning themselves well, and the Vikings are still a threat. If they re-sign Kirk Cousins, they could be a challenge next year too. So it's fun to see that kind of talent. So you know, I hear you on Jordan Love, but it's exciting to see a young player do well, just like C.J. Stroud, right? I mean, he's still got a long time to go, but right now, playing some pretty excellent football. It's fun to see young talent like that.
0: So I'm wondering, and this is this might be a weird transition as we go from sports to other topics, but is this the state of punditry uh, that we have in this country where? It's not about like news so much anymore. It's about opinions and what, what types of clicks we can get and, and hit rates we are gonna get on our, our platforms and and try to cause a commotion and take a you know, these proverbial hot takes and such. You know, we got we have that. And then we have the news in in Philadelphia about uh, Nick Sirianni and how this is a guy who last year was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Everyone was singing his praises, telling what a great coach he was. This year they're ten and one, everybody, everything's great, and now all of a sudden he's going to be fired. And there's a question even posed to uh, Jalen Hurts about you know whether he's gonna, his coach is going to be back and thoughts on the situation. And Jalen's response was, "I didn't know he's going anywhere. Like, is this just or is the media?" Like, look, they do it on a lot of different fronts now. And I think it's, it's rabid on the political front. And I think that's causing some of our, you know, challenges as a country, but, um, is that the state of punditry? We, you know, we have to take a stand and we have to proclaim that these people are going to be the next this or the next that or, or look, I, I, I've, I listened to a podcast the other day and and they're trying to recount the fact, uh, recount a story and they they're inserting white white supremacy into it. I'm like, wait, wait a second, where'd that come from? Yeah. Just because a, a black person was killed or or a Latino was killed doesn't mean there's. Ah, uh, white supremacism somewhere. It could be a lot of different factors, but yet these things are being injected into our narratives, and for listeners, it 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 causes us to take either
1: or. You talked about this several months ago. I, I, I don't know. Is that where we're at? Yeah, I mean, I mean there is some clickbait sensationalism, and I think in all topics, sports and and otherwise. In Philly, I mean, I think I think it's I think it's fair frustration after the collapse. But one, Sirianni, I think people have to be you know losing both coordinators is really tough, right? And that, that, even if you're a great head coach, like I'm scared for the Lions next year who might be out both, you know, both of their coordinators. That's tough to, you know, it's tough to maintain that ship's, you know, trajectory if if you lose both those guys. It's t- It's really tough to do. So I, I think you would give Sirianni a year and let him sort of rebound, right? Get Matt Patricia out of the, out of the stadium and see what he can do. But at the same time, you know, again, my, my, I was talking with my youngest, who's an Eagles fan, and he raised the point that, hey, if, if the Eagles could get rid of Sirianni, and if they could hire Ben Johnson from the Lions, who will be head coaching somewhere next year, like, do you take that chance, right? Because yeah. Ben Johnson has is, is proven himself to be a, a dynamic offensive mind. He's, he's probably going to be a good head coach. He's, he's, he's pushing himself well to do that and take that next step. You know, do, do, you, do you pass on that opportunity? Or do you say, hey, we've got a great team, a lot of talent. Let's let's get this guy over here, and let's quickly rebound. It's, it's a big decision. You know, Philly's got to think through those things. I, I think it's a fair question to ask because they really did have a devastating collapse. But you know if if you're asking me, I, I think Sirianni deserves another year of opportunity. The guy was in the Super Bowl, almost won it last year. I don't think you fired a guy the next season. They still almost won the division. They still got, you know ten wins, eleven wins whatever it ended up being. They still got into the playoffs ugly, but but they did it. you know, but that that's but there there is a lot of sensational. And there's a lot of clickbait excitement, especially around politics and Dave maybe, uh, maybe maybe it's time for us to talk a little bit about that, even though we don't really want to get into it. Maybe we should talk about the little sensational stories coming out of the, uh, the, the great state of Iowa. Oh yeah. Let's, let's definitely transition to
0: that. Andy. <laughs> um, so as we go, as we left Monday, we're, the, the caucuses were going to occur and as expected, you know, Donald Trump ran away with things. I think he, to a larger degree than most people were predicting, a lot of people were wondering if he'd get to fifty percent. He exceeded that. Uh, he he lapped the field. It it was it was as it was. Um, Trump dominated. Uh, Nikki Haley came in third. She was a, about I think about a point behind Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think again as expected, the, a lot of the things came up. VR dropping out of the race. Yeah. Um, and then now we've, we're getting all the stories that Trump is, you know, everyone's asking VR to be the, the, the VP and, and all this other stuff. And Trump is saying, we're going to work together for a long time and, and all that stuff. Andy, can I proclaim that the, the grand old party is, can we, can we play taps for the grand old party? I think, (laughs) I think that party is dead. Um, I think it is the party of Trump. I was optimistic that Nikki Haley was going to make some some run. I, she still may. I mean, it still may very well be there. Maybe that was more of my uh, my bias coming through, wanting to not be a Trump in, in office again. Even Biden, I don't want either one of them in office again. But uh, can we proclaim them dead, or is there some sort of uh, – what's your takeaways from Monday?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think – I mean, there's a lot of takeaways, I think, from Monday. I mean, one, I don't think the results in Iowa were – that's surprising right and then two i think they're they're tough to read because of the extreme weather that occurred that did change you know voter voter turnout and look hey, say what you want about mr trump's supporters they're they're passionate and they came out to support their man i don't know that necessarily you know, Ron DeSantis or nikki haley had that same level of enthusiasm with their supporters and if i was in iowa i don't know that i would have gone out and and, and made that trick you know to to to, to caucus so you know could that have been a couple points here there could have been you know I mean but overall the results weren't shocking right Nikki Haley was a close third. She was you know Ron DeSantis was ahead of her most of the time there I think all the time there so it's you know, maybe not shocking as far as the GOP goes. I mean today the GOP is the party of trump right and, and there's some like Nikki Haley fighting for the soul of that party and making I think a, a fair argument. You know, I'm I'm seeing stories now where she's really chasing the independent vote in New Hampshire. You know, I I told I thought I've gotten uh, two, I think, mailers now about for for Nikki Haley here in Virginia. Saw the first Nikki Haley ad um, during the Eagles game where really she's making the the argument that only she can be Joe Biden. Right. That Donald Trump is going to lose to Joe Biden. Only Nikki Haley can be Joe Biden. I think that's true. I I mean, you know, I think I think Joe Biden will beat Donald Trump in a one on one matchup. It's not going to be a one on one matchup very possibly. But I think, you know, her, her argument is I can win. Donald Trump can't. So two two main thoughts there. One, I'm really curious who the um, who is the undecided voter that's voting Republican right now, right? Like wh- who is sitting there in the in the GOP as a primary voter and saying, I don't know, Trump or Haley Trump. Like, I, I don't know who that is, because I feel like they're such completely different candidates. Most people know if they're with one or the other. So I think I think polling should be interesting and probably pretty accurate. because I think people are pretty firm Either being for the former president or not, and I really have I really struggle to think there's somebody that's, that's torn between one of those two candidates. But but maybe you know, maybe they are. the undecided voter is always interesting to, to see. And I, I'm typically undecided going into the general election, um, but I think in the primary right now I was really curious about that. And then as far as the GOP, it, look, it is the party of Trump, right? I mean, he, he's owned that party for the last you know eight nine years. The thing about it, I think they should stop calling themselves Republicans, right? They're not, it's not really a party supporting a public. You can see Trump can't uh, supporters openly calling for, you know, a, di- a dictator, like, like it would be a good thing, right? Openly calling for the strong man. Th- there is an alignment of interest. If you look at Trump voters, if you look at some of the newer Republican voters, there is an alignment of interests that are interesting in that they're not typical Republican voters, right? Including some of our you know, Muslim Americans, including some of our uh, Latin American Americans, Hispanic Americans that are sort of lining up and some of them in support of Trump, right? Not all, but, but some of it is interesting because I think there's a, a support for a stronger centralized leader than, than there has been in the past, you know? And I would argue that the party of Trump is really an authoritarian party. So call it what it is, right? Call, call it what it is. We, we support a, a centralized, strong man in government. Um, you know, we, we support heavy handed government measures. It's not the old Republican Party. It's very distant from the old Republican Party. It's not the party of Reagan or or even the party of George H.W. Bush or or even George fuck that guy Bush. Right. It is none of those guys. It's a different party like they should identify who they are, what they are, what they're all about, because there are interests in this country. People in this country who agree or don't agree with them support the approach he's taking. And it's interesting because it's causing some political realignment. I think it's interesting. It's not the old GOP. That party does seem to be dead. I think they're fighting for this whole that party right now. I think Nikki Haley's fighting for the traditional Republican vote. I just don't know if it's there. I don't know if the traditional Republican is there in enough numbers to give her the win. She's still trailing in New Hampshire right now today. Trump is riding high out of Iowa. It'll be interesting to see, Dave.
0: Yeah, I find it comical. And you hit on a lot of good points is, you know, the the like the Matt Gateses and the and all those those crew like to call people rhinos, Republican in name only. I I think these guys are rhinos. In fact, I think the 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 reverse actually applies because they 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 call themselves Republicans, but they're not. They don't they don't preach to any of the Republican principles, conservative principles, financial conservatism, any of those areas that uh, so much were part of that party. And it is. I mean, it, you really look at it, and I think the the Lincoln Project and say what you want about the Lincoln Project. They're they're pro- anti-Trump, hardcore anti-Trump. They're made up a lot of anti-Trump uh, individuals. Uh, they put out a interesting ad just recently. It's it's circulating around about dictatorships and and talking about how um you know had God created the earth and on the eighth day you know the people said this and God created a dictator um, and so and it showed various, uh, obviously, dictators around the world and in history, and then they moved it all to Trump. I think you're absolutely right. And I find it fascinating because I don't think that peop- the people fully understand, um, you know, what what he's capable of doing. Because I, I think, again, if you look, if you're really undecided at this point on the Republican side, go back and look, you have four years. You have four years to look at what Trump did or didn't do take his look at his campaign promises uh, and then look at what he actually did. And and it really amounted to not a whole lot. And, and people can say that he did a lot of wars or he had no wars during his time. That has nothing to do with Trump, by the way. I mean, he thinks he could stop Ukraine. What do you think Putin was going to say? Oh, Trump's in office. He's going to say no to me. I mean, I'm going to just do this anyways. Um, I, I don't think any of that applies. I think uh, I do disagree with you, though, Andy. I don't think that... Biden is capable of beating Trump. Um, I actually don't think that, I think in 2020, Biden was able to mass mobilize the anti-Trump fever, you know, and, and it was based on COVID too, people were sick of the act, people were sick of a lot of the things that were going on, um, and they just wanted a change, and so they they got out the vote. Uh, four years later, I, I just don't think there's the same energy in the Democratic Party. I don't think there's. I think the same people are going to not vote this time that yeah. did vote last time, and I think that is going to impact uh, Biden's numbers. You know, everyone wants to say that Biden generated such mass mobilization. So did Trump. I mean, he he gets his people out to vote. Um, those people do want to vote, and they have a they they've got a chip on their shoulder, and they think Donald Trump represents them. I, I'm not sure how because the two are polar opposites. But but the demographics for Trump are like super positive. I mean, if you look at college-educated voters, uh, him, Nikki Haley, and um, Ron DeSantis like split that vote, uh, which is unusual. Trump you doesn't usually get those college-educated voters. Women are still voting predominantly with Trump. Uh, don't ask me why or how you would do this. Uh, veterans are still voting for Trump. Don't ask me why or how you're doing this. Um, Trump doesn't stand for any of those groups, but yet he's he's mobilizing his vote. But I think Andy, that probably we could go on on and on about this. But I am very discouraged. You know, I, I haven't voted Republican for quite some time now, um, and uh, I don't think I, I can envision doing that moving forward either. I, I, I don't love the Democratic options. I wish there was a,
1: a viable third party. We've been saying that, though. So Well, well, I mean, you know that, that, that's the reality, and I think that's going to be the question <laughs> going into you know, this the election is, you know will those third party options get on the ballot and have a fighting chance? I think Americans will be more interested in voting for that option than they have before. Right So between, we've talked about RFK Jr., we've talked about the new labels movement, we've talked about the Green Party. If they're able to get on the ballot and obviously say so it's a Libertarian Party, If if they if they can do that and present themselves with an option, even if it's a protest vote, right? Even if somebody is voting, you know, for for the Green Party because they tend to vote Democrat but don't want Biden or whatever, that could be very interesting. In what will be a close election between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, that could cause a disruption and give one or the other, you know, the vote they they need to win. It's going to be interesting. There's still a lot to happen here. Um, I I personally, I I don't think Mr. Trump can get more than 50% of the vote. I don't think get more than 47% of the vote, and so. It'll be to see how that plays out, you know, in elections. There's still a long way to go. Still a lot to happen. There's there's a lot of politics and and, and legal proceedings to go. So it's going to be an interesting season, Dave. It, it, all that makes me sick and makes me want to vomit in my own mouth. But there's fair frustration, you know, for for voters like you. And I think there's, there's there might be fair opportunity to, to to look elsewhere and vote elsewhere. And that's what Americans say they want, right? And, and more than ever, Americans want another option. And almost nobody actually wants, you know, the Trump-Biden rematch, right? It, it's just nobody wants that. So it's, we'll see that. There's a lot we could talk about here. I know we've got to wrap things up, and I'm sure we'll talk about this plenty more in the days, weeks, and months ahead, and I'm not excited about that at all. All right, Andy, let's
0: let's let's resolve on Friday. We're going to talk a little sports because we want to make predictions, but let's let's talk other topics. Let's try, let's try to take a break from here. We'll, we'll talk New Hampshire next week. Cause that, that primary is next week, but we'll take a break from politics on Friday. Let's we'll, we'll, we'll bring some new, new material here. I, I think we'll, we'll get to that point. Um, I like it. But Andy, that sounds like a good recap for the week or for the day. Um, I'm going to go downstairs and make sure I don't have another birthday present for me to, <laughs> to come back. but uh Anything else,
1: Andy? Dave, happy birthday to you. Thanks for anybody that's listening this morning. And I look forward to getting the conversation. Happy birthday.
0: All right, Andy, we'll catch up with you next time.